Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 884. As always, our thoughts with the brave people of Ukraine as they continue facing the onslaught there. Well, we have birds nesting in our Talking Birds garden right on the premises of our home-based radio station here in Massachusetts. More on that in a moment. Meanwhile, a new study from the Field Museum of Chicago adds to evidence that global warming may be causing birds to alter their nesting habits, with some species in Chicago area laying their eggs on average nearly a month earlier than they used to. Now, these are findings adding to that growing body of research on the struggles birds may face in coping with climate change. And thanks to friend of the show, Jeff Collins, for first alerting us to the story. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, back to the good news in the Talking Birds Garden, where this morning's modest list of visitors includes... Yes, a Carolina wren, along with regular visitors like American goldfinch, tufted titmouse, black-capped chickadee, morning dove, common grackle, American crow, northern flicker, chipping sparrow, song sparrow, house finch, American robin, and blue jay, plus... Common ravens, nesting again this year among the antennas high up on the broadcast relay tower back there. And eastern bluebirds nesting for the first time in one of the boxes right in our garden. Uh, You can check out our Talking Birds Facebook page. If it's not up there yet, it will be shortly in on, I think, on our website, too, for a look at the eggs in that nest. We took those pictures last week, and this morning we were pretty thrilled to see Mama Bluebird bringing food to that nest, that little nest box out there. That is our mystery bird. But this is not the mystery bird contest, at least not yet. It will be later in the show. This is a little preview here. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized songbird with a large head, thick chest, broad pointed wings, and a short, notched, slightly notched tail. The distinctive male is all bluish purple. The female is dark gray in the back and lighter gray underneath. And it just occurs to us that the song that you just heard was not the one that we meant to play. So uh, stay with us for that. We'll have, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to fix that. Uh, in a bit. But we'll give some good clues here nonetheless. Our acrobatic bird, which winters in the tropics and breeds over most of the U.S., except for the western mountains and Great Basin, feeds on flying insects that it catches in midair, sometimes reaching speeds in excess of 40 miles an hour. That's a clue, uh, too, for our mystery bird, and uh, not the sound, but we will play the sound here coming along. Beautiful prizes await, including from the largest organic and gluten-free cracker company in the U.S., a month's supply 
of Mary's Gone Crackers, Super Seed Crackers. That's four boxes. Plus a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. And we'll also have a bonus prize if there's time for our mystery bird contest. Prize from our friends at Wisdom Supply. Meanwhile, a conservation salute this morning as the existential fight against global warming continues, driven in large part by the use of fossil fuels for vehicle power, we offer a a Talking Birds conservation salute to our hometown, the great city of Boston. And Mayor Michelle Wu, who has announced that the city will buy 20 electric school buses as step one in a plan to make all school buses in the city, some 700 of them, electric-powered by 2030. And here's the other cool part of this. Some of the students that these buses will be carrying will head to vocational programs where they'll learn to repair and maintain electric vehicles. Not that they require that much in the way of repair and maintenance, but with electric propulsion ultimately becoming the dominant power source in the near future, fortunately, these students will be learning a very valuable skill. So, a salute to you, Mayor Wu, and the great city of Boston. And we'd like to salute our amazing, wonderful Talking Birds ambassadors. They are indeed the royalty of our Talking Birds listening audience. They help us spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation, which is what we are about here. And first, we salute an ambassador from right here in Massachusetts who wishes to be anonymous for broadcast purposes. And that includes her first name, too. So, of course, we will honor that request and just say thanks, Madam Ambassador, for joining the family. And thanks to Haley Perez from San Diego, California. Haley has been a contributor to the show through some wonderful audio postcards, and she's now an official Talking Birds ambassador. Thank you so much, Haley. And this is the part where we encourage other Talking Birds listeners to join our ambassador's family. It really is easy and fun to do and helps in our efforts to promote the love of birds and the essential importance of uh, conversation. No conservation. We do a little conversation, too, but you know what we mean. To become an ambassador, just click on the Get Involved tab at the top of our website homepage. That's at TalkingBirds.com. I see our guest this morning is kind of laughing at at your host here this morning. Um, But that's okay. I'm still to come on our show today. We'll talk with our friend that I'm referring to right now, Joy Klump in Texas, about a wonderful program she is spearheading to introduce folks to birding through birding-gear-filled backpacks. Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in a Let's Ask Mike segment, almost live from the archive, in which Mike will explain why almost everybody, including a young correspondent from Rhode Island, really likes tree swallows. And in honor of our guest from Texas, a songbird that thrives in the baking hot deserts of the American Southwest is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. There's a good reason that the Pyroloxia is often called the Desert Cardinal. And it's not because Pyroloxia is a little tricky to say and even harder to spell. It's because it looks a lot like its relative, the Northern Cardinal. Unlike the Cardinal, though, 
The male Pyroloxia is grayish overall, with a red mask and belly stripe, and red highlights on its wings, crest, tail, and its elegant crest, which is taller than that of the cardinal. Female Pyroloxias are buffy gray, with less red than the males. Both sexes have large yellowish bills, stubbier and more parrot-like than the cardinals. Pyroloxias are year-round residents of much of South and West Texas, as well as Southern New Mexico and Arizona. They forage on the ground and in shrubbery for seeds and large insects, along with some fruits, including elderberries and cactus and nightshade fruits. They're also believed to feed on the nectar and pollen of saguaro cacti. Pyroloxias would really like it if you keep your cat indoors. House cats, feral and domestic, are among the bird's top predators, along with ferruginous pygmy owls and greater roadrunners. Beyond those threats, the clearing of millions of acres of desert scrubland for agriculture and development contributed to a Pyroloxia population decline of 53% between 1966 and 2014. Just as the Pyroloxia's appearance is similar to the northern cardinals, so is its song. It's the desert cardinal, Cardinalis sinuatus, the Pyroloxia. Today's Talkin' Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again. It's our show number 884. The website remains the same. We hope you'll check it out. It's TalkinBirds.com and connect with us uh, with Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram, too, where we have some really terrific photos and uh, I think some videos on there as well. well. Joy Klump is a Texas master naturalist and birder and plurter and nature lover and teacher of beginning bird classes. And she's host of the website birdingjoy.org, worth checking out for sure. And she is now spearheading a program in the Woodlands, Texas, to help introduce new birders to the birding experience through an innovative program involving backpacks and birding gear. And she joins us now to probably correct me on two or three things and to tell us (laughs) about that program. Good morning, Joy. Good morning, Ray. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure indeed. Should we start with the corrections first or where should we start? Oh, well, I I just wanted to clarify that I'm I'm not here from the Woodlands Township, um, but I'll go into that a little bit in, in just a second. Okay. We'll do that, and uh, but first uh, or second. Now, how about an, an overview? What is this backpacks uh, program about, and how, how how does it work? So, I had a very interesting situation happen to me during the pandemic, and I found myself in the middle of a move, and I actually mm-hmm. moved to the Woodlands, Texas, and so I moved away from a lot of my uh, friend group and family, and and my favorite birding spots, and. So I started thinking about ways that I could create um, the birding experience to be more accessible to people. Um, The Woodlands is an amazing place. If you haven't traveled there before, I highly recommend it. Mm. Um, And there's a lot of really great birding opportunities, but there's not a lot of organized or even social uh, events that occur that are focused on birding. And so I started thinking of, you know, what, what can I do to help encourage that? 
And I also thought back when I was just beginning to learn to bird, what would have, what would I have appreciated um, in having access to? And well, the number one thing was supplies, uh, especially optics, because that tends to be one of your, your more expensive investments Mm -hmm. when you're becoming a birder. And so I started thinking about, um, you know, what was I going to include and how was I going to actually make it where people could carry it around? And I thought about backpacks. And all the stuff inside them there. Yes. Um, I I actually got inspiration uh, for my research from the Bird Philly program. Mm -hmm. And I know that they use their library system. Uh, when I started coming up with the details of the ideas, I reached out to the Woodlands Township, which is the local governing agency there in the Woodlands, Texas, and uh, worked with uh, a staff member in their environmental services department. And they were totally on board with um, doing this program. Uh, one of the things that was very unique with, with the ES department in the Woodlands Township is they already have a reservation system set in place. And so they didn't even have to go through the library system. Mm -hmm. Um, They were actually able to do reservations right through their agency. So ES, Environmental Services, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So how would you say uh, in terms of the goal of this and and who it's for? Is it for folks that... uh, you know, for whom optics are not affordable, or is it more just to introduce people to this program or the, the idea of birding, and then they'll get their own optics at some point? I think it's, it's there's some duality there. I think it's mm-hmm. definitely for people that want uh, to just try birding, that they maybe have been on the fence about it, and, um, you know, maybe supplies have been the... Um, determining factor for not going forward. And so this is an opportunity for them to be able to, to access the things that they'll need. But I also think it's great for even people like myself who, um, you know, have been birding for a while just to try out another pair of binoculars. Um, you know, binoculars are such a personal choice and it, I feel like it's really beneficial when you can try out all sorts of different makes and models. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm just looking at the the list of all the things in here, and uh, it's our friends from Vortex providing uh, some of these binoculars, these Diamondback high-def 8x32 binoculars. Uh, Pretty nice. you get a Birds of Texas field guide, notebook and pen, colored pencils. You've got maps, um, even a a lightweight camp stool you you can check out. I don't know. Does that fit in the backpack or is that um, separate? It, it comes as an option that mm-hmm. you can check out with the backpack. And um, actually, Freya has been influential. Uh, we wanted an, a way to make some some aspects to birding more accessible mm-hmm. for people. So actually, uh, the staff member with the Woodlands Township came up with the idea of including the, the stool, which I thought was a, a great addition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also included... Um, a Spanish version of Ken Kaufman's field guide mm-hmm. to birth, birds of North America, which were graciously donated from uh, black swamp bird observatory. So shout mm-hmm. out to them. Um, but that was my way of being inclusive because the, the woodlands area actually has a very um, large and, and growing uh, Spanish speaking uh, com- community there. So mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Black Swamp Bird Observatory and Kim Kaufman. And the, of course, the Freya that you mentioned is our own Freya McGregor, who's with us at Talking Birds. And she's also uh, in her main 
uh, efforts these days, the Outreach Coordinator for Birdability in their wonderful accessibility programs. We had uh, folks from Philly on about uh, their backpack program a couple of years ago. So uh, beautiful to see you doing it there in Texas. I, I'm wondering if uh, if you've gotten inquiries from other places that would want to try something like this. Uh, I've heard by way of uh, the staff at the township that um, one of their conferences, I think, that one of the individuals attended, um, there were some questions about the program. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we are one of two current programs in the state of Texas right now, the other being um, from the city of Cedar Hill, Texas, which is kind of in and around the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to see this grow. I, I challenge <laughs> I challenge everyone in Texas. All right. <laughs> it's out there. The challenge is, is out there. What, what's the best way for people to find out what, you know, what you're doing and how to kind of follow follow you? Oh, well, I have my website, birdingjoy.org. I'm also on Instagram under the same uh, handle and uh, Facebook as well. Okay, so it's Birding Joy, and the website is birdingjoy.org. And lots of wonderful stuff on that website, by the way, birdingjoy.org. Joy, I just have to add this one thing. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about here, but it's a story that I saw this morning, and it just, I don't know, it just says that, you know, Texas has changed a lot over the years, but something still Remain the same. There's a story this morning that a county judge out there in West Texas was just arrested for cattle rustling. <laughs> yeah, we like to keep it real here in Texas. Um, yeah, the the well, I guess he may, maybe took the posture of finders keepers. I I don't know. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know a lot about cattle rustling, but I certainly I guess I'm gonna gonna look into it. Joy, thank you. This is such a wonderful program you're doing. I hope people will. Follow up on that and, and maybe, um, you know, start programs like this in many, many other places. Birdingjoy.org is the website to find out more about it. And one more thing is uh, I love this little quote I see on your, on your site there. And it just says, let nature heal your soul. And then I look to see whose quote that was, and it's yours. <laughs> I think it's mine. <laughs> okay. Well, you, we're giving you credit for it in any case. Joy, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Joy Klump here with us on Talking Birds and up next, our mystery bird contest with the actual sound of the bird in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. Well, here's the song that we were kind of expecting to hear earlier. Our mystery bird is what that is there. 
and our uh, mystery bird contest is officially underway. Here's the important thing to know. The phone number is 781-837-4900. The other important thing to know is that whether we get a correct answer or not, we aim to have a winner nonetheless, and uh, so we'll have a drawing among answers received. So if you're not certain of the bird ID, well, give it a try. You could be the winner anyway of two of those beautiful prizes from Mary's Gone Crackers, uh, four boxes, a month's supply of Super Seed Crackers from the largest organic cracker company in the United States. And a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the biggest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiful prizes on the Mystery Bird Contest, 781-837-4900 is the number. Here's the description again. Our bird is a medium-sized songbird with a large head, thick chest, broad pointed wings, and a short, slightly notched tail. The distinctive male is all bluish-purple. The female is dark gray on the back, lighter gray underneath. Our acrobatic bird, which winters in the tropics and breeds over most of the U.S., except for the western mountains and Great Basin, feeds on flying insects that it catches in midair, sometimes reaching speeds in excess of 40 miles an hour. We had a chance to see some of these zipping around at an Audubon sanctuary right near our home base radio station uh, last week. And here's that uh, song once again here. 781-837-4900 is the number to call on our Mystery Bird contest. Meanwhile, we're going to check in with Mike O'Connor about, well, I have to say, without giving everything away, it's kind of a similar bird that he's going to be talking about, uh, almost live from the archive. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com my name is Bill Toller, and I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. If you're thinking of becoming a Talking Birds ambassador, I can tell you it's great fun. I keep a few cards with me, and I look for opportunities to share birds with people in ordinary life. If I have that card, I can just hand it to them, and I know that if they connect with the show, that spark that they have for birds will be taken to the next level. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family at TalkinBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Mike O'Connor is down there at the famous Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Good morning, Mike. It says here you're going to talk about tree swallows. And you got a nice letter from a young man in Rhode Island. Is that is that right about tree well, swallows? Goodness, this is a very nice letter. Handwritten letter from Ian in Jamestown, Rhode Island. And uh, he writes, Dear Bird Folks, because that's my alternative name. And he said, There are tree swallows all over my state. Most times when I go for a walk, I see them. I would take tree swallows over any other bird. And then he wants to know why he sees so many. Clearly a fan of tree swallows. And who isn't? You've got them nesting in your radio station. And I've got them nesting in my yard. They're a fairly easy bird to attract. Uh, They have 
Three advantages tree swallows seem to have over the other swallows. Number one, um, they seem to they can they get back here early. I saw tree swallows back in March. They can arrive early, and if the weather changes and gets cold, and they can't get the flying insects that they most swallows survive on, like purple martins, if they come back too early and the weather gets cold and there's no insects, they'll likely starve. But tree swallows can switch to vegetation. They'll eat berries, uh, bay berries, so they have a plan B if they can't get the insects. So that helps them to have the vent those die-offs that some of the other swallows have to deal with. Also, they come readily to birdhouses. You know, we, there's a lot of swallows. There's bank swallows, there's rough-winged swallows, there's... Uh, barn swallows but not many people have barns anymore Mm -hmm. but you can put up a tree swallow box which is just slightly larger than a bluebird box a little bit bigger because swallows have longer wings and they'll readily come if you have the right kind of habitat and they come for white feathers so if you know anybody who raises ducks or chickens and you get some white feathers you can put those out and they'll they'll come for those also beavers believe it or not uh, are important to tree swallows. And, and back in the old days, we used to have that disgusting habit of taking animal skin and wearing it as a fashion. But now we don't do that so much. And the beavers are coming back, and they, the beaver dams create beaver ponds, and the beaver ponds are great for wildlife, except trees don't like it so much because when they flood an area, the trees die. But then the woodpeckers move into the dead trees, create holes, and then the tree swallows move into those holes. So so between our nest boxes that we put up and their ability to eat alternative food sources, and thanks to the beavers, the tree swallows are actually doing well. A few areas are struggling a little bit, but on the whole, they're being a very successful species, and they're fun to watch. They're really kind of cool bird to watch. Wow. So there you go. So thanks for the letter, Ian. Talk to you next week, Mike. Sounds great. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Back to the Mystery Bird Contest. Try to identify this medium-sized songbird with a large head, thick chest, broad pointed wings, and a short, slightly notched tail. Here's the big clue. The distinctive male is all bluish purple. Female dark gray in the back, lighter gray underneath. It's a big day for Ohio on on our show today. We had Bill Toller from Ohio, one of our ambassadors, and we... uh, We'll take another call, maybe, from Ohio. We'll see, because first we go to Jack right here in Marshfield, Massachusetts. We'll see if he knows what that mystery bird is. Good morning, Jack. Hey, Ray. How are you? Doing doing well, thank you. A beautiful day here in Marshfield. Yeah, yeah. a little, little warm. Yeah, a little warm if, if you don't like the warm weather. Not that great, but otherwise terrific. What do you think, Jack? Yeah. Uh, mystery bird there? I'm going to guess uh, Purple Martin. Purple Martin would be one uh, heck of a guest there, and I believe that is correct. Okay. We want to thank uh, Jake, who is standing by in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you, Jake. Please try us again on our Mystery Bird Contest. And, uh, Jack, by the way, we have, a, I think, time for a, a bonus question here. How do you feel about uh, trying for that? And maybe a beautiful certificate from Wisdom Supply, makers of plastic-free books, notepads, journals, and other supplies for classroom and office. What do you say, Jack? Well, sure. I'll, I'll give it a shot. All right. 
We know that New Jersey is the home of the famous Cape May birding festivals, the spring version of which concludes today, the 22nd of May, I believe. That's if you're hearing our show live. But New Jersey is in the news also because of something else that's caused a lot of talk recently. What is that something? Is it A, a new island that is formed off New Jersey's coast that's hosting lots of nesting birds? B, a new bird species that was spotted at this year's spring festival? Or C, a new exit off the New Jersey Turnpike? Sorry about that friends from New Jersey. (laughs) They've they've heard those turnpike exit jokes long enough. We apologize uh, for that. We won't do it again. But uh, Jack, what do you think uh, is the right answer there? I'm going to go with B, that a new species was started. A new species started started, uh, at the Spring Festival, and maybe it was, but but the story that we we heard, Jack, is is about that new island. Apparently, over the past five years, Sand has collected off the coast there as a result of changing weather and tide patterns. And an island, 90-plus acres, has developed and a lot of endangered, threatened, and species of concern birds nesting there, like black skimmers, red knots, piping plovers. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, a wonderful story there in New Jersey. And a good one here in Marshfield, too. Jack, stay on the line, or we'll get your info there. All right, Dre. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jack. In Marshfield, Mass., correctly identifying the purple martin as our mystery bird. Next week, we'll learn more about the nationwide bird flu outbreak with wildlife rehabilitator and friend of the show, Stephanie Ellis. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.